Hi, good morning. Good morning. All right. We're up and running. Welcome to the firehouse this morning. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors. And we're excited to have you, excited to be together. Is anyone having fun at the warehouse this weekend? All right. Yeah, we've been hard at work at that. It, uh, it's getting a lot prettier around there. There's still a lot of work to do, but I'm excited. I think we had a, we had a fun day yesterday, buffing and staining and had it all. It's been it's been a fun process. It's uh it's good to take a break. I feel like coming to church is taking a break from the warehouse. I don't know about anyone else, but yesterday, today, but it's exciting just to be together and to worship and I think when Jeremy was giving a thought that maybe we could not think about the flooring afterwards and focus on church, but speaking to me even though I'm doing the sermon too, so that was good. <laughs> I feel like I'm there, but um yeah, we are we're gonna jump back in here. Um getting the word. Hopefully we can take just some time and focus on the word and just apply it to our lives and head on with our week here. Why don't we pray together and then we'll hit the word. God, we do thank you for this morning. Uh, we just thank you. Uh just for you, God, we thank you for how you've been blessing us, God, how you've blessed us. Um just with yourself, God, you've You've spoken to us. You've given us this church. God, we uh, just thank you so much. God, we thank you just for all the grace and mercy you show us. And we just pray for this morning that you'd speak to us. God, um, we just pray you'd help us take take uh, your word and apply it in our lives, God, wherever we're at today. We're checking the church out for the first time. Um, God, we've been here a while. We're a pastor. God, we can apply your word to our life, and we want to change and keep growing. Um, to how you want us to live and how you want us to be. We just pray that would be happening this morning and help us each be ready to hear your word. Amen. All right. Well, if I don't remember how long ago it was, but if you go in the Wayback Machine sometime, we did First John on Sunday. And so we are going to do Second John today, continuing on in that theme. You might not remember that we did that at some point. But if you want to turn to page 1211 in the House Bible, about third from the end, in the end of the Bible there. We're going to get in Second John. Alright, so let's read through it together here. Second John says the elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have heard from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that we walk in love. Many deceivers who do not know or do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. 
Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. Amen. Well, it's kind of nice when you take a whole book that's 13 verses because you can get it done in a week, so that's an advantage, and we won't go too long doing it. But as we look at Second John, he seems to have two kind of themes running throughout his instruction here to the saints. It seems to be how the truth of Christ and love, love for the saints, love for God, work together. Um, it's kind of peppered throughout there, those two things. So we're going to look at how what he's instructing here and how that truth and love works together. Um, we'll start at the, the top here and the, just the greeting he has for the church. Um, verse 1, he talks about the saints here. He says, To the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not I only, but all those who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. You know, the first thing I notice about this chapter is that God's truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, that He died for us and we accepted Him, that brings about a love for one another. It literally links us together. You know, I was just thinking about this, that reality of Jesus Christ, that I accepted Him, that I accepted the gospel, that I became a Christian. If I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't know anyone in this room. There's a reality that, that brings together people as the church, as God's family. I don't think many, some of you would know a few people, but that's what's brought us together. It's not anything else. There's that truth of Christ which brings together His church to start with. Um, you know, I was thinking of an example how another place that worked out in my life of just some truth bringing people together. Um, I have this family reunion. My mom's side of the family, we didn't know just a lot of her family. There was like my grandma, and she passed away, and we kind of knew my uncle, and that was about it. And uh, a few years back, we had figured out that there's this whole branch of the family that's out in Kansas somewhere, and we linked back that we had this relative in Sweden and kind of mapped out this family, and there's these family reunions going on. So we thought, well, let's go meet this family. So they invited us along to the, the family reunion, and it was like meeting this whole new branch of the family. And there was this reality, because we had these same relatives, that we were, we were a family. And so we went there, and, and suddenly, even though I met these people when I was in my 20s, it was like this new side of the family that came about. And it wasn't because we were the greatest people on earth or they had to know us or something, but we just figured out, hey, this is family, and they had kind of invited us into that world and went to the family reunion and just started connecting there. And then there's that love between the family. And there was just a truth that brought that about. And it's the same in the church that there's a truth that we are a family because Christ has paid for the church. He's bought each of you, the believer in Christ, and that brings us together as the church family. And I was thinking also it's a lot like adoption. And if you think about that process, that there's a reality and that um, when someone adopts a child, that it, that child comes into their family. 
and there's the one that adopts them, their parents, but there's a reality that they get this family when they're adopted, that they might have new siblings and uncles and aunts and a new name and all that stuff, that there's an adoption. And God said the church is much like that, that there's this adoption into the family when we become believers. He said that we've been adopted, and part of that is that we get this family. And... Just like when you're adopted, you don't really, that child doesn't really have a choice if they've been adopted, but they don't want that brother or that sister. It becomes a new reality in their life that with that adoption comes that new family. Much with us, God says, I've adopted you into this family, and our first reaction is to want to be commune with God and to not deal with the family. I want, to, I want to be committed to God, but not his believers or the church. It's easy to want to push that out. But it's kind of this package deal that we're invited into God's family. So when he talks about because of this truth, he loves the saints, he loves the church, it's because God sets us in this church together. Um, now, some of you have been to the, the Faith Walkers Conference. I know Jeremy Darling has talked about this at some conferences before. It's a conference we have where we get together a lot of our churches and, and do worship together and some teachings around Christmas time. And, you know, I think he used the phrase, he said, you know, Faith Walkers is a lot like a family reunion. We get these churches from all over the place, and it's like you see old friends, you see people you go to mission trips with, maybe some people at a church you used to be at, except you like each other, is his joke. But, uh... Maybe the family reunion things break down, but there's this there's this reality that the church becomes this family, and we're um, we're grafted into it. So there's that reality, and then John goes on to explain what that reality might mean for our relationship with one another. Um, if we look back at the scripture. Verse 5 says, And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. So Jesus commands us, and John here talks about us, that we should love God's people. If we've been grafted into His family, we should love them. Um, I think Jesus talks about this too and uh, you don't have to turn there but uh, John 15.13 he says greater love has no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends that he lays down his life really for the church for God's people Jesus called us to that too so this truth that links us together as a family and then the reality is God commands us, love one another while you're there as a family. Don't just get together and call yourselves by the same name and say, I'm a Christian, I'm Christ. But love one another. And there's that command to us. And I just thought, um, I was just thinking, I even saw some examples in the last few weeks around our church of people going above and beyond us saying, this is my family, these people, and I'm going to love them and go out of my way to serve them. Um, I was just thinking of there's a few new new children we might hear we might hear wailing across the hall or something, but uh, we have a new few children among us in the last couple of weeks, and it's been encouraging just to see a lot of the saints band together for the the sippies and the beaches and bringing them meals and trying to bless them and just get them on their feet with a new child in the house and 
it's an example of me of just coming together and giving people giving their time and their resources to just bless God's people. And I don't think they get a lot back out of it, but it's just a blessing to God's people. And I know with the Thatchers, they had um, you know some medical issues and stuff going on, and people just went out of their way. I know there was one gal that organized people coming over to bless them and people signing up to go what, clean their house and cook the meals and all kinds of stuff. Just seeing people just volunteering to serve one another and love one another. That's what that truth brings about is that we love one another. We can't just be connected to Christ. The question is, do we love God's people? And each one of us has to deal with that. God doesn't say, you can just love me and ignore them. To Him, it's a package deal. And He commands us, if you're going to be a part of my family, love one another. So how are we doing at that? Loving God's people. You know, it also talks about here that, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. And I was thinking about that. How does God talks about that we show a love for Him in other places by obeying Him, just like a child shows love for their parents and obeying what they ask them to do. And um, God says we do that to Him. But it's kind of talking about this in the context of loving one another. So I was trying to figure out how do we obey God and show that love to one another. Um, you know, and it occurred to me that many of God's commands that He gives us involve one another. Um, that we should love one another. That we should show grace to one another. We should be kind. We should not slander. We should not gossip. There's all these commands that deal with one another. And so it says, this is love that we walk in obedience with God's commands. That shows God's love. It also is going to show the saints the church love as well. Um, you know, I just think of someone uh, outside of this that just comes into the church and starts obeying those commands. They're going to be a blessing to people around them if they're obeying God. You know, if, they're, if they just come into the church and just start obeying and they're, they're giving grace and they have a good attitude and they're serving, and they're sharing the gospel with people, and they're being with one another, they're going to be a blessing. And that's going to show love to one another. So there's a sense that it shows love to God, that we obey Him. And a lot of these verses means, practically, if we live it out, that we are going to love one another. And that's obeying God, is that we love one another. Um, I'm just thinking about this love some good practical places to apply this right now is that we are on the stretch run of the warehouse. I think uh, for me it's easy to want to show up, be focused, want to get done when I need to get done and get out of there and you know in only 14 hours instead of 20 or something in a day. But um, we have a lot of opportunities there to obey loving one another. I know a lot of us have been throwing around the idea that you know, God might be more concerned about how we deal with one another, how we love one another, how we work together in that warehouse, than what actually gets done. I think God's concerned, are you guys going to love one another? Are we going to work together? You know, and we can obey God as we get together. It's just a good place to be carrying it out. The flooring team, you get the first opportunity at about two today, but you know, the rest of you, you have a lot of opportunities coming up in the next few weeks. But I was just thinking, as we come together, we can do those same things, show one another grace and have a good attitude and be helping and be offering, um, not be grumbling or complaining, but have a joy, even bringing a verse. I think so many of you have been a blessing just coming to those prayer meetings nightly, a lot of times after working and still in work clothes and having a verse and being joyful and being there late. But 
there's a great opportunity for us to just love one another as we work together. The third major component of this chapter, so we have the truth and that brings us together in love, and the last part deals with holding on to that truth. Don't let that truth go. Don't be deceived. Um, we'll read through there. It says, verse 7, Many deceivers who did not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching... Do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked works. So there's a sense that we should protect the truth, that we should hold on to something together. And verse 7 kind of hits at the heart of what, what was being attacked there and what is still attacked. It talks about the deceivers are those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh and have gone out into the world. That's the first thing that just gets attacked, is do we acknowledge that Jesus Christ was who He said He was, that He was a man, He walked the earth, He literally was on the cross and died, and He rose from the dead, and they saw Him, and they touched His side, and He ascended to heaven. And there's churches that attack that truth, there's churches that have not held on to that and have done something else, You know, a very definition of a cult starts with not obeying that verse of holding on and acknowledging Jesus Christ and the work He did. Um, You know, you can tell you can tell a church right away where they're headed based on that. Um, You know, verse nine here says, "Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues." in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Now that's a challenging verse that there's a way to be zealous, there's a way to run and miss Christ in the middle of it and lose Him. Of being trying so hard and losing Christ. You know, running ahead of the teaching in the work. Um, You know, Romans, Paul talked to the church in Rome about this. Same topic. And it was in... Uh, yeah, Romans 10 here. I'm just going to turn real quick. Uh, verse, Romans 10 verse 1 says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I contest about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. You know, the Pharisees, the Israelites, they were zealous for God. You know, Jesus never challenged the Pharisees and said, you don't try hard, you're not zealous. He challenged them as that they had lost the heart for God. They were zealous and trying hard, but they lost something in that. And I think that's what Second John's talking about when he says, are you running beyond the teachings? Is that are we, are we holding on to that truth of Christ and then working for God in that? Now I think uh, one way is you can get focused on some of the work but not have that heart. You know, and one example I've seen of that is you've probably seen a church before, a group of people that get so zealous for one phase of the commands, like that we should love one another and serve as a great thing, 
But there's some churches where all they get to is the service projects. We're going to feed the poor. We're going to help people. We're going to serve. But they've failed to hold on to the truth of Christ and to share the gospel. And that's a way that we can just run out and be zealous to do something. And even something that God says is a good thing. But we lose that teaching of Christ in it. So we need to hold on to those commands. And when it talks about running ahead, um, you know, I think another thing too is that it fits right in with this topic of love. Is that God says love one another, be together as the church, hold on to this truth together. And there's a safety in the church that we hold on to the truth, that um, we have people that interpret the truth. There's teaching that goes on. We're in the Word, and we hold on to it and obey together. And if one of us steps outside of that and is not inside the truth, but still doing something, there's a way that brothers and sisters in the church can correct us and get us back on track of having a zeal for God that's in accordance with the truth and the gospel, and that's a good thing. And so it works together that there's, there's this love that we have for one another because of the truth, and even being in that love and being a part of God's family, that keeps us in the truth of not going out on some, on some tangent, on something that, you know, it's not just... Um, it's not a small thing you know he calls these people that were coming and teaching uh, and not and saying that Christ hadn't come into the world he called them deceivers and antichrists a part of the work of the devil because they were not acknowledging Christ obviously if that's included in the scriptures it's not a small thing that we're doing good things but stray from that teaching so we need to hold on to that together and make sure that our our zeal is together Um, you know I, I just ask you just you know, just thinking about your life, and I have to ask myself this too to be, you know, is that um, not only am I committed to God, but am I committed to God's family? Am I committed to God's people? And am I committed to running together and, and, taking, and taking correction in my thinking and, and doing what someone else might want to do? Boy, my, my co-pastor might want to do something different than I do. Am I going to walk with that and be united? Or... Boy, my pastor said something at church this week I don't want to do. I want to step out the door and not come back. But are we going to be united together and hold on to those commands? And God commands His blessing as we hold on to it together in the context of a church. There's so many commands we just can't live out on our own. So you may just be chewing on some of those things this week. Actually, just going to wrap up and pray here. Trying to run a little on the short side so we can get to the parenting meeting going on. So... Um, why don't we just pray and be on our way here. God, we thank you for this morning. We just thank you for the church. God, we thank you that you've set us together. It's such a blessing to not just be serving you alone in this world, but that you command this place that we can live out your commands together. We can love one another and bless one another. And my life has been so blessed and different to be with your people and with this church. And uh, we just thank you that you help each we thank you. We help, pray you'd help each one of us sort out where we are, God. Are we going to commit to your people and do this together? Um, God, it's so easy to want to be independent and to be in our flesh and serve you the way we want to. But God, I pray you'd help each of us be committed to a work in a church. Um, God, be committed together and, and obey you and love you together by living out your commands in community. And we just pray you'd um, just help each of us with that to be a blessing to one another and be united to your family. And we also just pray 
for the parenting time after this, God, we pray you just bless um, that meeting. God, we pray you just be uniting our parents just in a vision. Um, this is winning with their kids and um, just a vision of just how we can be united in this, as church in that area. We pray you just uh, just bless that time and uh, later today. And we lift this up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alrighty. Well, thank you for coming. Again, if the parents want to stick around for the meeting, and then we'll be at the warehouse Wednesday night.